Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people. My budget blinds of Lee Summit. Budget blinds. Did you know? I know. Budget Blinds is your home for the Signature Series Automated Shades. All hail our robot shade overlords. Look, if you are ready to make your home a smart home, do you know who to go to? I'm going to say you need to go to Budget Blinds because really, if you're trying to make your home... It's like you were going to forget who the commercial was for. If you're going to make your home a smart home, you are not inviting you or I into it. But your friends, our friends at Budget Blinds can help improve the smartness of your home. Even our home, they could help improve the smartness of. Why, why are they so good, Jason? Because they are our robot shade overlords, and they are benevolent, and, and we should be appreciative of the work they do for us. So if you are ready to go find all of the beautiful things for your home window treatments and your automated window treatments, go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit right in the heart of downtown. Tell him, Jason, next thing. Hello, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. This week, I'm bringing back a tradition. I don't know if it you know, has been around long enough to actually be a tradition, but now in our fourth year of the Town Hall podcast, for the first two times, we had a special July 4th episode where we brought in Seth Allen from Libations and & Company and everybody's favorite downtown drinking establishment ambassador nigel woodbury so we missed last year scheduling issues but we're back this year seth nigel welcome back to the show thanks for having us absolutely and i'm saving the best part of this is is we are sans jason norberry on this (laughs) wednesday edition where is he he's in alabama why Uh, a little family little family stuff he's taken care of so we, we we miss you jason not really what part of alabama i have no idea I'm not that good of a friend. I don't pay attention. Okay. Mm. I'm going to say Bessemer because that's what comes to mind. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Mo- Mobile. Mobile. Yeah. Mobile. <laughs> well, wasn't that a Beatles song? Bessemer, Alabama? Was it? <laughs> Sounds like a Where, drink you could make, the Bessemer. Yes. We need I, to find some Alabama ingredients. Well, we first did this, Seth. We came to you. You were actually you were an early sponsor of this podcast. That's true. Um, and we came to you uh, because you love history. And we thought, really, you know, what does everybody really do on July 4th weekend? We all go out with our family and friends, right? And we have drinks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's to the tradition. You know, you got to have something to drink while you eat and then... You know, vice versa, right? Right, right. Well, and you're also our local uh, history buff, so we like having you come in and tell us tell us some stories too. I think last year Seth gave me a, a recipe for a revolutionary era punch. It was actually the punch that George Washington and friends drank at his inaugural, right? That's correct. It was to celebrate his um, inauguration as president. It was, um, it was insane. Uh, it, no human really should probably ingest this much alcohol, but yeah, I need to, I need to know what's in this. Yes. L- l- I made it. I made it for the giant family bash. They all alive still. Everybody, everybody survived. It was fantastic, but you don't need a lot. Really? No, no. 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 Liver function goes down at least three percent after drinking. I'm going to put it this way. So it's uh, it's cognac. <laughs> brandy. Hold on, man. No, no, hold on. Back up. You started with cognac. Cognac, <laughs> brandy, rum, a simple syrup, and black tea. Oh. That's it. That sounds really good. 
It's fantastic. I mean, the flavor is great, but you don't need a lot. It sounds amazing. It, it is. Uh, we dubbed it Freedom. It's Seth didn't have a name for it, so our family, we dubbed it Freedom. Spelled F R E E D U M B. Well, that's what we, that's how we Free. spelled it afterwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the name changed. A- after AKA our... liver function. Yes. <laughs> Future dialysis. Right. So you were telling us though that that actually like look at the bar tab and this was this was the punch that was on there. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna quote what was written about this particular bar tab. Um, no single moment best exemplifies this than t- the time George Washington and his army buddy celebrated the signing of the Constitution. So there we go. I've already tripped up on the on the facts of it, but close enough. Uh, <laughs> they they drank enough booze to rack up a tab worth roughly seventeen thousand two hundred and fifty three dollars in today's currency. It's pretty impressive. It was in the night of September 15th, 1787. Um, Good year. Oh, I tell you, it was the best. <laughs> does, does, does talking about this, Nigel, with your with your British heritage, does this make you cringe a little bit? Uh, no. Oh. Because most of those guys are British anyway, so there's that. Well, I just didn't know if it, you know, <laughs> reminding of when we whooped you. Well, it depends what side you're on. <laughs> <laughs> Who took the whooping, you know what I'm saying? In England, it's just... July the fourth, and, and they do nothing. Yeah, just just July the fourth. So seventeen thousand dollar bar tip. That, that but, is, that's like that's like saying you know when the football team goes out. Yeah, but this is yeah. There was only fifty five people drinking. Ooh, so I mean, that's a good amount of people to rack up that kind of tab. Yeah, that's a hefty tab. I once wrapped, racked up a tab when I worked on this show in L.A. and had a rap party, and the 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 lady I worked for. She opened the tab with her black card and said, when you guys are done, just finish it. And there were probably 14 of us. I think we went $7,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> how, long, how long ago was that? That, I mean, was, that was probably, uh, probably 2008 Yeah, when I lived in L.A., worked on this show. And so, yeah, she left it. Uh, fun fact, it was at the time the singer Babyface. Uh-huh. That was his wife. Oh. And she opened up, she left, just close it when you guys are done. It's fine. We were like, we're ordering everything on the menu. Mm. Sorry, I'm not supposed to cuss on this you show. Can't, sorry. You can't do that on this show. I'm sorry, you can yeah, edit, sorry, edit, rules, edit that out. Rules, uh, uh, yeah, the, the town hall show, this, this one, we, uh, we, we have that rule of no language. You can, you can, so I know you can, on, you can bleep on, that out. On your show, Beers we're like, with Nigel. We're like nine, 17 minutes in, you can bleep that out. Yeah, That's fine. yeah. <laughs> Beers with Nigel has different rules. Yeah, we'll be sure to explain the rules because sometimes people like Marcus last week was a little miffed. Yeah. He, he said something. I'm, we're like, it's fine. You can say that. It's fine. It's right. not a family show. Okay. <laughs> this one apparently is. This is, this is a family show. Well, if, if you want, if you want a, 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 and I, here, here's a, here's a snapshot of what $17,000 in today's money. By the end of the night, Washington's party drank 54 bottles of Madeira wine. <laughs> nice. So that's essentially one Well, let's keep it classy. Yeah, yeah, one bottle of wine per person. 60 bottles of Bordeaux wine, which Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Wow. That's I'm not a wine drinker, but I but know that. But that sounds expensive. It is it's delicious. <laughs> 8 bottles of old stock whiskey. And, you know, how old does it have to be to be old stock whiskey in 1787, but 22 bottles of porter ale, 8 bottles of Please. hard cider. Wow. Twelve jugs of beer, 
seven large bowls of punch, the freedom punch, the recipe. And <laughs> I got to tell you, seven bowls. Bowls. You're, seven. you're done. Yeah. <laughs> but the bill also included tab for many of the broken glasses, which adjusted <laughs> for inflation equals to about $300 worth of reimbursement for broken glass. So I'm, I'm guessing there was a lot of cheers and, you know, right. smashing. Yeah, smashing. Yeah, it seems appropriate. So, yeah. I wonder what kind of snacks they had. I'm, I would, I would, I would hope maybe like a whole hog was on a <laughs> was spigot. In that. Yeah, yeah. So, do you, uh, have you ever had to have people pay for broken glasses at libations? You know, no. I one time I added a glass to somebody's tab. That's the one and only time. And is it, it was the person. I hope it is. Um, no, <laughs> no, it. no, but it, uh, closely stood. It was, cl- she was closely standing right next to the person that you're, th- oh. you're saying. <laughs> well, actually that's who I was thinking. I was wondering if it was her. Oh, it was. It, it's, it, it was, yeah. Uh, Val shall not be named. Yes. <laughs> we won't, we won't call her out, but we know who you but are. But you know who you are. Yeah. You got charged $2 for that glass. <laughs> $2. That's right. So, uh, Seth, what is your, as the, the official cocktail aficionado, what is your go-to for July 4th? When you're with the family, you're sitting out in your cul-de-sac, it's fireworks time, you got the grill going. You know, that sounds super uber American, but um, we don't do that. We uh, we escape the city on Fourth of July every year. We 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 hide out down at the lake, so the dog doesn't freak out, right. and, and I don't have to. I can. I don't have to sit out in the driveway with a garden hose and try to protect the home, but. <laughs> <laughs> But to answer your question, when when sitting out and enjoying our lovely Fourth of July, uh, my go-to every year is just a nice bottle of whiskey. I, I just I just like to sit and enjoy whiskey. You know, maybe one or two ice cubes, and and just enjoy it for the whole weekend. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm. I'm I guess I'm old enough. I don't drink to get drunk anymore. You know, I just, right. I drink to enjoy. And as soon as I get that kind of buzzy feeling. Did you stop? Well, I get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, A whole hog. Yes. So let right. me ask you this. Are you, because you, you spend your, your working life making other people cocktails. Do you not make as many cocktails at home? Is it pretty much a straight Straight whiskey. Well, yeah, most of the time, I yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just a, a purist, I guess. I really love to to drink the the base spirit of a cocktail more than I do all the extra ingredients. Now, of course, I'll add bitters to it every once in a while, but you know, my my guests, you know, who are at the house, you know, on weekends or whatever, I always make you know cocktails for them, or or we'll have a signature cocktail for. For the fourth, sometime. you don't ever just look at them and say, "No, you're on your own, man. I'm off. I'm off duty." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Here's the ingredients. Yeah, have at it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got a pretty, pretty uh, choice home bar, and usually I'm just like, "Go have fun." So, now, Nigel, you are you have your own uh, podcast. I do beers with Nigel. So right. we talk a lot about. I say we because I co-host with right. you, but we talk a lot about about shout the craft, out to Nick, craft beer Nick. industry. Do you have a favorite uh, a go-to for, for like picnics, 
sitting out time. <laughs> you said picnics. That's hilarious. <laughs> picnic basket. You, you imagine seeing me on a damn picnic? Probably I can, not. I can see Nigel on a nice little checkered picnic blanket and a basket <laughs> full of beer. Do you go anywhere? For, are you a Fourth of July celebrator? You know, if somebody invites me to their boat, I'll do that. Uh, but no, I mean it's you know it's kind of one of those things. All right, you're out on a boat. What's I'm your go-to beer? God, whatever, whatever people bring. <laughs> <laughs> now you know the way it goes. Um, one of my buddies lives on Latawana, and he'll people will just bring stuff. So it's a potpourri of sharing different things, and you never know what you're going to get. Even if it's hot, we, you might get a stout. You might be. Generally, we rarely we we don't ever have like macro beers. There's, there's no seltzers or yeah, you kind of. It, it feels like you when when you're out on the water. You know, it's that's not the time to to crack open that nice uh, bottle that you've been hiding that you know you found at the grocery store or something. Oh, it happens. Oh, no, no, Nigel's the opposite. Nigel always goes for the good beer. It, it, yeah, it's if well the group the group of guys I hang out with. It's You're all, all craft beer enthusiasts. Yeah, and so even if we're on the boat. Many of them are brewers. Half the time we're cracking it open. I'm like, that's from five years ago. We're on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. So, right. yeah. Well, and Nigel has a thing, too, where he's like, there. He, you know, really there aren't you, – you say there aren't bad beers. There's yeah. There's styles you don't like. Yeah, it might not be your style. Unless it's just, unless it's just tastes weird or, or something's off. Sure. And I, a funny story, I had that – a friend of mine came to Windshift Brewing out in uh, – uh, Blue Springs. We, we we don't pimp outside at least some on the show. Yeah, but I do. <laughs> I work at Windshift on Fridays and Saturdays. If you want to come holler at me, no. <laughs> so she wanted to try their beers, and so she got a flight. And we've had this conversation how people rate beers on Untapped, and she did, she didn't like she liked maybe two of the five, which is fine. Everybody has their own taste. So I go to Untapped. She'd rated one of them to two. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> but then that story gets better, right? Because is this the same story where she she did she, you ended up getting her to like the beers? Like she had to find you helped her find her way to what she liked. That was a different person. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. confusing your stories. Yeah, yeah, I hear Nigel stories all the time. Well, so. I'm well, always sure. trying to you know edu- like you know like you on cocktails. You, you know you're trying to educate. Yeah, you got to find out what people like. You got to ask them questions. Yeah, of what you know what kind of the f- what what flavors do you right. enjoy? You know, you know my favorite one is I don't like IPAs. I'm like okay, <laughs> then, then that's. What's yeah. that? It's an IPA. Yeah. You don't like IPAs, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> so. I'm the same way with tequila or gin. You know, people will say, oh, I can't. I had a horrible experience with tequila. And I'm like, no, no, you didn't have a horrible experience. You had, you had hor- bad tequila. That's what I'm saying. You had a horrible experience with all the other crap. they, they Or too much bad tequila. Yeah. Or too yeah. much bad right. tequila. Yeah. Well, I've seen him give Seth give the uh, that's not really a daiquiri speech. Yes, yes. The well, yeah. If 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 I say daiquiri and then you envision this right this gigantic bowl of frozen pink you know stuff. Can we can we put a bottle of uh, what's with the Corona to go on the top? Or is that a margarita? I don't know. That, that's a margarita. Yeah, look, well, well you know, but I'm, I think those are all falling into the same you know. Bad quality. Yeah. Yeah. The seventies and eighties were bad for cocktails. Yeah. And so a lot of times yeah. I have to uh I've got to break it down a little bit. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, you know this is this is what a daiquiri actually is. That that pineapple one you have right now is, oh is, my. is fire. That thing is fantastic. It's a, a mind blower. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Now, I'm gonna I, say I know, this. I know there's I, alcohol. I haven't it, but I, I haven't tell. had it made by Seth yet. Mm, that's so true. he might be 
getting usurped by his no, I think I, I think Seth made it for me last year in the summer. Yes, it was. Yes, I had it last year. But yeah. This is this one's tweaked a little bit different from last year, but yeah, I was gonna say this they, isn't the same drink. Yeah, the the girls that that bartend in my stead when I'm not there, they and their names are uh, Ashley and Sarah. Yeah, Sarah yeah. did a good job. Sarah does a great job. She's still. She's still kind of a, a rookie. She's still a little greenhorn, but she's doing great. She, it, it was weird going in there and not seeing you because that's probably been maybe, what has it been, three years you've been open? Over, just over three years. Yeah, that, yeah. That's probably the second time you've not been there. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> is there something going on? Where the hell's yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the lights are out or something. I don't know. It's. <laughs> I got texts all weekend from regular customers. Um, where are you? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of weird, but you know what? We forged on and we, drank anyway. I, yeah. I made it through. Yeah. Because I forgot I knew Sarah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because that's why I couldn't remember her name. She's like, Nigel, how have you been? I'm like, okay, uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that's an, that's every day for you, Nigel. That's, that's, that's Nigel's life. Everybody knows Nigel. Yeah. yeah so but, what do you do, Seth, when like uh, somebody comes in and they're like, oh, I want a Jack and Coke? Because you don't have soda. Yeah. I, you know, I politely, you know, um, say we don't have that. We It's... Let's say let's say someone does walk in and says I want I'd like a Jack and Coke. Um, I don't have Jack nor do I have Coke. Um, uh, I usually um, offer him a horse feather. Um, That's a fantastic menu it, item. Does that happen often? Somebody just comes in once just a not terribly. I mean I, I mean for me if you're going in there. Yeah, you kind of you know it's yeah, you, it's not a Jack and Coke. Well, place. I've seen yeah. it happen a few times, and I know that like there are some people in some of our circles and some of our friends that that's that's what they drink. Sure, and that's their thing. And and much like it's hard to get somebody to you know you get somebody who Bud Light is their deal, right? Right. To get them to order a different beer can be difficult. Well, sure, everybody has their thing that they like, and sometimes people don't like to nudge in any direction. Right. You know, it, the horse feather I think is a great you know kind of. Uh, introductory yeah it's kind of a left turn from a jack and coke you but, know? but yeah left turn but better yes you a, know a better street yeah <laughs> than jack and coke street that's right it's, it's a better neighborhood yeah really right. moving up yeah you're going you're going to the east bottoms of kansas city <laughs> right yeah. uh you know i use rieger whiskey in it you know i use a, a, a really well-made uh, ginger beer that's made in brooklyn new york of all places but it's a you know a classic all natural recipe, and then you know a little bit of bitters and a and a lemon peel, and I tell you what I've never had one sent back to me, and I always get an empty glass whenever. Nice. So, um, you know, when people come in and 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 ask for something that I don't offer, you know, it's it's uh, you know. I enjoy it. It's kind of like a challenge. I, it's like I'm going to take this guy or this lady on a ride. We're right. going to we're going to try something new, right. and we're going to open their eyes to something really cool. And and but you know, if I've got a hard headed customer and they're like, I want I want you know a beer. You know, I you know I take them over to the 1950 Frigidaire that has all the finest beers from Milwaukee. I, I was just telling somebody else, uh, somebody about the refrigerator. I mean, they've been in there several times. I've, you've not looked in the refrigerator? You're like, no, I didn't know yeah, people anything didn't was know. in there. I was like, you're doing it wrong. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. <laughs> At least ask what's in the refrigerator. Well, I know, right? If there's not books in there. That's cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you a little bit about your shop, because a little refresher, because you haven't been on on the show for for a couple of years, but sure. And, 
you've been around when you first opened you were mostly retail i mean that was that was your your focus was really on retail and letting people kind of rediscover what home bars used to be and or what and we talked about this when you opened what we what we remembered our grandparents and that generation having at the house now you are, are are you more bar than retail no you know i i try to stay as true to the the core of um, kind of my mission statement, you know, uh, of, of education. Um, I wanted to start out, yes, re reintroducing people to those, um, home bar experiences, uh, and education was a, the cornerstone of the, of the business. I wanted people to come in and, and learn the difference between a Collins glass and a rocks glass, or come in and learn about bitters and what they are and how to use them and why you should just have every flavor under the sun. You know, those were all the things that I started out doing because those were the things that I wanted people to know when they came in. I wanted them to leave knowing more than what they did when they came in. And it was just a natural progression to, to start making drinks for people mostly because people were asking for them and you you know you're not a very good business person if you're not listening to your customers and (laughs) say like like no no we're not going to ever do that but people wanted i i kind of inadvertently created an environment where people wanted to stay Mm -hmm. um you know i and i've continued to build on that by you know adding more and more you know you know, furniture and more items to, to, to learn about. And, you know, then, then, you know, adding in a tasting bar, which then has expanded into a much larger kind of tasting corner where you can actually order and learn about cocktails. You have to tell the story about the, because you started off with a little small bar, then you got the big bar. Yes. The little bar was something. Yeah. I needed, I needed to create a space so I could allow for tastings to happen. Um, I had two barrels in the bar that I used for display purposes, and I had two pieces of wood <laughs> left over from the shelving, and I was like, all I need is a tablecloth, and I'm, I'm set. Right. So I made a tasting bar, and it worked great. You know, it got to the point where, you know, I was mixing drinks on it and doing tastings and classes and – it was it it was uh, it, it ran its course. Had a good life. Yeah, and it's that that those two barrels and uh, those two boards are now living their life down in the West Bottoms at a friend of mine's uh, startup. He, really? Yeah, he made a he made a little drink corner for that's cool for first Fridays or whatever nice. they have down in the cross. So it lives on. That's awesome. Um, but. Um, now, now in its place is a 1937 Brunswick, um, made in Chicago, and I drove all the way to Chicago to get it because I had been looking for years for an eight-foot Brunswick, which they didn't make very many of them. Most Brunswicks are either gigantic, huge, mon- you know, monsters that you see, you know, in big big bars, but they made. Uh, they had a little corner of their company that they actually made home bars, which fits right in my wheelhouse. That's right. that's my thing is the home bar. And I found this eight-footer on eBay, of all places. It popped up in my feed. And I called the lady, and she had lived in this house since the 60s. 
and raised all of her kids. They had all played on this thing, and it, and it had been installed in the house in 1940 when the house wow. when the house was built. Yeah. So <clears throat> the original owner of the house installed this thing, and from 1960s until the day I bought it, no drink had ever been served on this bar. That's awesome. So, you know, I was like, this is – I have to bring this thing back into the world and it needs to be seen and it has to have, it has to have drinks being served over again. And when I took it apart in the basement, you know, I found all the original paperwork still stuck up underneath of it (laughs) and it had, had the build sheet from the factory and it even had, um, you know, the customer's name and, and phone number on it, which was weird. It was only like five numbers, you know, right. (laughs) But, you know, and I got it, I got it all the way out of that house, which was a absolute uh, journey. Uh, um, I, I didn't know that, I didn't know it was going to be that difficult when we. Oh, I'm sure. The, the house, you know, in Chicago, on the north side of Chicago, the bar is eight foot long. The house next to this house that it was in was only seven feet apart. And so <laughs> to get it out the door, two thirds of the way, we had to tilt it up and take it inch by inch and take it out vertically right. because there was only seven feet between the two houses. Right. So getting it in the U-Haul and then getting it all the way home and putting it all back together, it was, it was, it was totally worth it. Um, I named the bar after the lady that I bought it from. Her name's Ray Dean. Um, I felt it was the perfect name for the bar. Right. And the first, the first cur- customer I ever served um, a drink over to over Ray Dean, I spilt the drink on purpose. I was like, Ray Dean gets the first sip. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, it's a fabulous. That's a great story. I mean, even like the the back bar part of it where the sink is, it's so unique. Yeah. I it, mean, it's similar to what sinks are today, but it has, it's got such a different, mm-hmm. cool look. You're it's like, all handmade yeah, copper and yeah, stainless steel. You know, somebody ordered it specifically yeah. that way because it's on the build sheet. Yeah. You know, they ordered it that way. Yeah. It looks familiar, but it's not. You exactly. Know? It's exactly. very cool. And it's, but it's still a hundred percent useful. You know, I, you know, I go to cocktail bars and I look behind their bar and and take a peek and they're beautiful. You know, you know, it's artwork, you know, and all the different bottles and the ice wells and all the glass washers and everything. And I'm like, that's awesome. But mine's a hundred (laughs) and yeah, (laughs) mine's almost a hundred years old. Exactly. (laughs) You've got, but that's not the only, I mean, you've collected a lot of different old pieces. You've got, you've got the, you replaced the, the the green velvet couch with the new couch. You've got some old neon from an old club here in Kansas City yeah, on happened, the wall. What happened to the green velvet? Oh, the green velvet. I think Nick was, was not allowed to purchase it. First, yeah, off. yeah. Nick was wanting to purchase. Oh, that's, that. that thing was beautiful. Well, it was the cause of two, uh, probably too many, uh, maybe unwanted pregnancies. I don't know. There was. <laughs> <laughs> it had a certain. You know, it had had a vibe, had a vibe to it, you know, but no, we got rid of the green couch and replaced it with, again, something that I'd looked for for years. And I finally found one and it's a, it's an original leather Chesterfield. Um, It's oxblood red and it's from 1967. It looks like it, it was meant to go in your shop. No, I, I tell you, your, your shop, when I walk in there. 
it's very comfortable immediately. Yeah. I mean, anywhere you go in there, you're like, oh, I could hang out here for a while. Yeah. You know, that's what I love about it. Absolutely. It's, it's so unique. Now, you, I, I know you. We've got to know each other, and I know you're always tinkering, and you're always going to look for something to add. But, I mean, is it – when you look in there, is it the place you had in your in your head when you wanted to build this out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it closer every day. You know, day one was – you know, it was funny. Fifteen days before day one of my business, I it wasn't anywhere near what I had envisioned, but it was – I had to take a step forward at some point. You know, I didn't have all the cool stuff that I wanted. Right. I didn't have all the inventory I wanted to sell. But, you know, you have to start and you've got to go down this road and, and, and start to accumulate things as you as you get, you know, a little more mature as a business person. So but That's a tough lesson to learn to that you just have to go forward. Sometimes you just have to do it. You can't plan forever. Yeah, and yeah, you you cannot plan forever, and it's um, it's one of those things where you just got to jump. And one of these days, you know, either you're either gonna fail or you're gonna win, but you're never gonna know unless you do it. What's the old adage? Poop or get off the pot. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Get out of the way for someone else. Right, exactly. <laughs> now I know that I have my favorites. And I'm pretty sure Nigel has a couple of favorite cocktails in there. If somebody asks you, though, what are you going to call the the libation signature drinks? I got to tell you, I, the one I sell the most of and the one that most people are so intrigued is the big old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my very first cocktail that I ever, you know, I, I hate to say the word created. Um, there's not – there's no there's no bartender that – I mean – Bartenders are it. I always, I've heard it being said with, by other really good bartenders that it's kind of like uh, playing with a Mister Potato Head. You know, <laughs> the, they're they're inspired, but right. but the potato is the same. Right. I mean, right. You know, the you the put, old you the, put the nose anywhere. Yeah, you can put the nose, <laughs> the ears, the mouth. You can change his shoes, but at the end of the day, it's a potato. Right. So you know. A lot of these drinks are are those you know we call I call them the potatoes you know the old fashioned was invented and it was when it was first invented it was invented to be this drink right and it's just grown and and evolved in different directions but this is kind of my homage to uh, an old fashioned and it's it's how I would enjoy an old fashioned and fortunately a lot of people have. Yeah, it's delicious. It's it's darn near a perfect cocktail. So uh, a lot of beer guys have collections. Do you have a collection at your house of bottles? Um you know, to be perfectly honest, um I'm kind of anti collector uh when it when it comes to whiskey and bourbons. Um that stuff, you know, it's meant to be consumed, consumed. And, and, and when I, I agree. when I have customers come in hunting for what they call unicorns, you know, right. really hard to find allocated items, you know, I for one, I don't get a whole lot of access to those, anyways. Um, and Shane, if I, Shane doesn't share, huh? Oh, <laughs> he's he's a good share occasionally, but occasionally. he's good at sharing. Come sometimes. on, Shane. But but here's the thing, um, you know, this is probably ruin it for a lot of people. When I get one of those unicorn bottles, 
I open it up. That's the first thing I do. I want to, I want to taste it. I want to know what's going on in in that bottle. The last thing I want to do is see this beautiful bottle of bourbon or whiskey hidden in some closet to never be, never to be consumed. What was the, the, the documentary? Neat. Yes. And that was something they talked about. And the, there was the guy who was, what, third or fourth generation to work for Buffalo Trace. Yeah. And that was what they talked about is is you're supposed to drink this. Yeah. yeah. Share it with your friends, people you love. Exactly. That's the first Otherwise thing I do. It. Yeah, that's the first thing I do. I got a, a nice, really nice bottle of uh, 10-year-old rye for this weekend. First thing I did when I got when I got to the campsite was pop, crack, crack it open. Pop it open oh, and yeah. let that – let that whiskey breathe. You know, it's it's ten years old. That's fun though to you know to crack something open nice and share it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. that bottle of you know I've never bought a bottle of chartreuse like the VEP. Yeah. Shane has always given me bottles. Sure, it's for sharing. I'm not going to sit at my house and hold <laughs> on to it for years and, and not share it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. well, that's something Nigel you talk about all the time uh, on a, on our show on the Beers with Nigel show. About just kind of that community of, of sharing, yeah. and you even I mean, as I've met other people through you, I mean they all talk about like mailing each other beers back and oh, forth, yeah. and yeah. and doing it. And you've kind of created that in your cocktail bar too, where it's just I think people just kind of mingle together and try new things. Sure, and I've recommended you know people walked in like what is this place, and I'm like hey, you you want that one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that is really what I wanted to create more than anything was a comfortable. Um, atmosphere that people could come in they could learn about stuff if they want to or not they can just come in and and enjoy a cocktail um and be able to have a conversation with the person that they're with enjoy some music that maybe they are not familiar with and then i you know as much as i'm into antiques and history i you know i tried to make the environment you know kind of almost like a a walking history museum, right. you know, everything in, in my shop, I make an effort for it to be authentic and have a story and then, and know the story too. So I can at least, you know, give it, give it life. And, and so people know what, what, what it is they're looking at. Well, that's cool. Like, so my new favorite whiskey is the, is the uncle nearest that you told me about. And when you pulled it off the shelf, you were giving me the story of who he was and all that behind it. And it kind of made it more fun right yeah well and and i like that experience when i whenever i go somewhere i you know and i think most people do you like yeah being coached up yeah yeah you you like you like the person who's telling you about it to have some sort of real knowledge and confidence and you know in telling it tell that tell that uncle nearest story well it's it's a it's an incredible story i was lucky enough to actually go to uncle nearest's distillery um, before the COVID uh, nice. descended upon us all. BC, yeah, before right, COVID, right. yeah. Um, Uncle Nearest um, is the is the kind of endearing name that everyone gave him uh, or knew him by, um, but um, um, he he started out. Um, he was. And, and I'm, I'll have to, I'm going purely off of memory, but he started off, um, as a, uh, he was born into slavery in, I believe Maryland. And I believe Maryland was really, really bad. Uh, it was a bad, bad state to be <laughs> a slave in. Um, um, and this was pre civil war, obviously. And, um, he lived most of his life as a slave 
And then when he became um, a free man, he, he moved to just outside of Nashville, uh, Tennessee. You know, the country had, you know, obviously gotten rid of slavery. And he, he moved down there and um, met a uh, preacher who had a farm. And he got work on this farm. And just over the years, he um, started to take over the still and kind of improve this still that they had on the property. And for years, um, there was you you knew you knew nearest green was um, on the still when you know there was smoke rising back back in the kind of the hill behind the behind the the farm. And he he made the best um, whiskey and moonshine, and uh, people would travel from other states to come and buy it from him. Um, it became a real kind of attraction um, in the Nashville. It's it's just just um, outside of Murfreesboro is okay, yeah. is where they're at, and. Um, Parallel to the, all of this happening, this young man uh, from Pennsylvania, his uh, mom dies. His dad and like his six or seven or eight or nine brothers and sisters, they moved to Nashville. He's going to try his hand at farming. Um, it turns out that he's just a horrible person, um, you know, neglecting his children, you know, not a not terribly un unfamiliar story from those times but this young man the one of the the oldest uh of the brothers and sisters he crosses paths with this same pastor or preacher that owns this big farm and um asks for work and the preacher says well you know i tell you what you you go spend time with nearest do what he does learn what he has to teach you um he makes um, whiskey and and moonshine for for a lot of people, and so he spent year after year following nearest around, being essentially an apprentice to him. Um, and when nearest got old enough to where he didn't want to do it anymore, he needed to you know he wanted to retire. He kind of bequeathed all of his knowledge and the still and his market that he had created to this young man who was not really a young man anymore, and that guy's name was Jack Daniels. Wow. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, Jack Daniels learned how to make whiskey from a freed slave, and a lot of years went by, and no one really outside of Murfreesboro or Nashville really knew that. Yeah, that's not on the commercials. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so is the the uncle nearest, is that – is that a newer business, or has it just been around and now it's finally getting recognition? Well, yeah. Here's the thing: is this author um, um, in New York, or I believe she was in New York at the time? She had come across this story and decided. Um, Sound like I, guitar. I was getting ready to play a song with that. Uh, uh, she started doing all the research, and she was so absolutely enthralled and inspired by this story that um she created the uncle nearest distillery um with the help of the 
uh, Green family. Um, his name, his last name was Green, and all of his, uh, you know a lot of his uh, descendants still lived in the area. And you know Jack Daniels, um, you know you can go to the Jack Daniels Distillery and you see pictures of Nearest, mm-hmm. um, but it was in in. Jack Daniel's distillery is, you know, will openly support and, you know, it's their, it's their, it's their birth story. Right. right. Um, but it was just not something that was widely known, widely known or advertised, but now nearest is getting the recognition that he always deserved. And to boot, the whiskey is outstanding. Huh. That might be my new favorite. Really? Brand. I have not, not, not to try it. And what a great name. If your name was nearest, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, now, yeah, because there's uh, the, the bad connotations with the uncle. The way uncle was used, right? Then, yes, right, was was not good. Yes, you know, yeah, uncle, uncle nearest. You know, in, in you know the 1800s, yes, that would have been a derogatory term, right? But um, you know, I tell you what, it's I love the story. The people that are making it are incredible people. Um, but even better, it's just awesome whiskey. Right. That's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah. Do you have some good beer stories? Like what? Like names? Yeah. Uh, well, e- evil that. Twin. <laughs> you know, Evil Twin. That's that's. There were two brothers who started a brewery, and they split up, and he, it became Evil Twin. <laughs> it's a true story. I yeah. Can't make that up. I'm sure there's others out there like that. I mean, you know, kind of, even the one that that uh, Rieger did. You know, they resurrected that, yeah, that that beer. Um, what, what's Heim? That? Heim. Yeah, Heim. So yeah, it was that where Rieger is. That used to be a, a brewery, right? The Heim Brewery, right? And that that beer hadn't been produced in forever. And Casey Casey Beer's brewing it, Casey and you can only get it at at uh, in their tap room, right? I, I think just at uh, just at Rieger. Yeah, you can only get it at Rieger. Yeah, and it's good beer. And it, they pour it in a Heim glass. Yeah. yeah. And I I begged him I was I I begged them the last time I was there I was like just can you fill up like a trash bag full of this beer <laughs> so I can take it home it's so good yeah it was really good I went up there for brunch one one Sunday and that's a great spot too yeah that's a great little attraction so have you been there Nick I have not been there yet yeah I'm you're doing you're doing it wrong well yes that's true I don't leave Lee Summit very often <sighs> well I'm gonna have to drag you out I man. don't I don't leave my two block radius very often. Yeah, his car. I don't. Does it even have air in the tires anymore? What? What? He has a car. I thought. I thought that was. Those were like pieces of art. It's just, out there. It's just yeah. cardboard. Yeah, it's just cardboard <laughs> cut out. It's part of the new <laughs> local at, art initiative. Look, if it's if it's if it's over thirty two, why drive? Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna strap that old lawnmower to the front of it. <laughs> get your get your yard done, man. Be really quick. I'm curious about parallels between the the craft cocktail world and Nigel. What you always talk about the craft beer world. Uh, craft beer is continues to grow it continues to boom how many how many microbreweries do we have in town now would we say 29 no i think we're 40 40 yeah, okay so around, i was way off yeah something like that do you see more bars like yours in that style kind of popping up is that a thing well i like to think that, i mean look seth you're one of a kind yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but yes there are more uh cocktail oriented uh bars opening back up uh, or opening up in Kansas City. There, the latest one um, that I'm familiar with, uh, Vertigris, 
um, Brock Schulte uh, from the Monarch, um, him and his team created this new um, cocktail bar. It's out in Leewood. Uh, it's an incredible atmosphere. Uh, beautiful. I don't buy it. Not in Leewood. <laughs> Can't ever be as cool as here. Well, you know, it doesn't have the cool history vibe and stuff like that, you know, but... But, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere and, of course, you know, beautiful cocktails. Um, but, you know, yeah, and to mention, you know, like the Monarch Bar, you know, is, which is a couple of years old now. You know, that's, you know, West Plaza has got some really neat places. The uh, Martini Corner's got some really neat places. Um, crossroads, of course, you know, if you don't know about the Crossroads, then you, you really are doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then the speakeasy stuff, you know, is, is cool. Right. Um, I mean, and you just mentioned Rieger down in their basement. They've got the Hey Hey Club. Yeah. Burke took me down there. That's pretty badass. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And Uh, apparently, uh, our, one of our guests later on beers with Nigel, uh, Crane has taken their barrel room and turned it into a little speakeasy area. Yeah. I saw they were doing that. Yeah. And they're doing cocktails and that sort of thing. So that's cool. Yeah. So I got a little preview of it. It was, it was, it was good. I thought it was good. They, the walls are all dark and nice. got these nice curtains, but you still get to see the barrels. So it's kind of, you know, something different for them. I think they're all kind of playing to some, I mean, just like you do, there's some kind of nostalgia play there, right? They're, yeah. You're trying to hearken back to something, something, you know, you remember. Sure. Well, and it's not, um, you know, and I think it's for, at least for, you know, you know, for me, for the last 20 years, bars have been sports bars. Right. You go into a bar and it was kind of like everybody did the same thing. You know, how many TVs can I fit on the wall? And, no, no real character to them. Yeah. Right. You know, and nothing, you know, not for nothing. You know, I spent plenty of time in all those bars, right. you know, and those bars certainly have their place in the world. But, um, you know, I think that's part of what's maybe pushing this this kind of new uh, cocktail scene is you know a, a place to go have drinks and actually talk to the people you're with exactly you know i mean karaoke and sports bars yeah. those are great but this is this is a different atmosphere and i think cocktails have caught fire with the younger folks too you know what i'm saying that's absolutely i mean a lot of places i go i'm like oh these 20 somethings are digging cocktails well that's what i was gonna ask you is like what's your is you know is is me the the middle-aged old guy i mean like is 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 that your is that your wheelhouse are you seeing more younger people are you seeing older people i I still you know my my core my core crowd is still you know 30s and 40s but that being said I do have a considerable amount of, of late twenty somethings who are coming in, you know, in that millennial age bracket. You know, those those uh, those kids, you know, a big concern of theirs is what they put in their body. Right. And I think that's why they enjoy craft beer and that's why they enjoy craft cocktails is because they can see they can see how it's made and what's going in there and they can read the ingredients and there's not you know, a hundred different things in their, in their drink. It's, it's basic and it's That's simple. the biggest thing I've learned since I've known you is, is keep those cocktails simple. Three, four ingredients. That's all you need. The, you know, and really that, good ingredients. That's how cocktails started out, you know, yeah. you know, keep it simple. And there's a, uh, there's a place for cocktails that are, you know, crazy complex with right. all these amazing complex right. ingredients. 
Um, I just don't have the palate. I don't. I, I can't pick out all those things. Well, Andy got lazy because you did have one that I loved that it was a lot of booze and a lot and hard work. I wouldn't and you say don't, you aren't doing it again. Yeah, I wouldn't say lazy. It was. <laughs> it was more. It was more. It was too popular. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, do you still get a lot of people who come in? Oh, I didn't know this was here. Every day. Yeah. Absolutely every day. You know, and that's the cool thing about your business. You're the the sky's the limit because. I tell people about your business a lot. Yeah. Where's that? Yeah. So you remember the old bike store? That's a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Even people in Lee Summit have, have not, you sure. know, discovered you. So, and it's a, it's the same way in, in the brewery scene. You know, yeah. I'm working at two breweries. Yeah. And forever, every time I work, there's somebody I didn't know this was here. Yeah. You know, well, how'd you find us? Google. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you know, and yeah, I play, I, I, I hide in plain sight, you know, right. uh, people walk right by and then I'll see them take two steps back yeah, and I yeah. can read their lips. That's lit- always fun to sit in that front, that front window yeah, seat and watch people walk yeah. by and stuff. Cause they, they, they're not quite sure what it is. Yeah. You can read their lips. They're saying libations. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what the hell is libations? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. During, yeah. during the shutdown, you changed and you started doing a lot of to-go orders. You order online. You even did a little bit of delivery. I is, did. is any of that going to stick as part of the ongoing business model? I think so. I mean, curbside is still, you know, a popular thing. I'm getting online orders for people so they can just pull up after work and mm-hmm. grab something. Uh, the delivery side of it uh, kind of tapered off just because I was the only delivery person. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can only be in one place at one time. But I made a lot of deliveries. I put a lot of miles on my vehicle. Um, yes, he did. <laughs> you delivered to your house? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, yeah. At least You could have got some steps in, man. I, I, look, we're not saying I didn't also walk down there. Okay, but yeah. you got you had him deliver. That's rude. <laughs> Nick is kind of one of those guys who goes to the grocery store and spends a hundred dollars, and then he goes and gets a steak dinner the same day. <laughs> he's my customer that comes. He comes in and buys like three bottles, and right. he calls me. He's like, uh, "Can you go ahead and bring me one of these?" You know, I I didn't get it while I was there. Well, you know, very you know, I like variation too. You gotta sure. have you gotta have more than one thing available. Yeah. Well, you get home and you you know you have hamburger, but you're, you're yeah, you forgot bread. For, yeah, <laughs> you're in the mood for something else when you get home. <laughs> no, I made a lot of deliveries, a lot of regular customers, and you know I have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, a lot of my regular customers spent you know what they would have normally spent each week uh, coming in, but on on delivery you know mm-hmm. uh, retail items and. You know, and I made recipe cards and oh sweet, and you know I tried to try to just bring the environment to them in any way that I could. So I think a lot of people, and especially with the restaurants and and, and the bars, and and hopefully this will keep going. But I think a lot of people did what we did, which is we just tried to you know every few days go to somebody who was a local business yeah, owner down local. here, and and you know hey let's one or two days a week, we're going to go out to eat and we're going to support one of these, or we're sure. going to, we're going to, you know, click on Seth's website and have him deliver something. Cause we want to make sure that everybody's back when the world opened up again, Yeah, I, which, I, which we're open, but we're still not right the same. Like I, you know, we don't know that the hardest part about all this right now is we don't know. Yeah. And so, you know, ho- Hopefully, you're still as a as a business owner, you're you're still seeing that kind of love and support from people. Absolutely, you know, and I still I still, even though you know we've been open what three three weeks since we've you know June first or whatever, right. um, 
you know, I, I'm still getting new customers that walk through the door, which is, a, you know, a great feeling. And, but I'm also seeing all the regular faces and they, and they're happy that I'm still here and I'm ecstatic that I'm still here. Um, you know, but you just kind of have to pivot and follow the dollar and do whatever you got to do to, to keep it going. So, you know, I, I got two questions as, as, as we wind things up here. First one just happened today. We're recording this on, on Monday and the our show will obviously you gave, you gave it away. be on Wednesday, but <laughs> on, you know, to, earlier today, Jackson County puts out that starting Wednesday. Yes. Masks are required in public places. So do you know how it's going to affect people in your you know, from the limited information that's been released. Limited you know, is right. Right, um, right. And I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I'm just curious. You know, m- myself and my staff will be wearing uh, masks uh, while we, you know, create your drinks and while we bring you your drinks. Um, and we will obviously adhere to the to the mandated uh, wearing of masks for our customers. We will require them to have a mask on. Obviously, you can't drink a drink through a mask. You unless, can attempt it. Yeah, it'll be ultra filtered. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but I the way I have the the store laid out, you know, I have little mm-hmm. nooks and crannies where people can stay six Social feet away from. Right, so, yeah. so once you're in a you know in your spot and you're comfortable, um, you can take your mask off and enjoy your drink. And then we're just going to ask if you need to pop up and. Right. You know, go to the restroom or, or come up to the bar to ask a question. We're just going to ask that you, you know, have your mask on. As we do it at Windshift, uh, uh, put your mask on when moving about the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you still, are you going to stay right now? You've been reservation only during the reopening. Are you staying that? I, I'm going to stay reservation only for, you know, the for happy hour times. Uh, or at least uh, pop your head in and, and ask what the capacity is. That's what I did. Yeah, we our capacity right now is we're we're capping it at eighteen. That's how many we can seat safely. Um, my capacity is a little higher than that, but I don't. I, you know, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Right. I want people to be safe. And like I like like I said uh, during the the worst of the shutdown was you know when people would ask me why I wasn't reopening or why I wasn't allowing people in the store was well dead customers don't. They don't make me any money. <laughs> Dead men tell no tales. That's right. So you know we gotta we gotta be safe. You know we gotta be smart about it. So so how do you make a reservation? Making a reservation super easy. You either call the shop during business hours or shoot me an email through the website gotcha. or Facebook or Instagram. However you want to reach out to me, you can get me. Bullhorn. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was a little, I was a little concerned. I'm looking and I'm like, can I go in there? Yeah. I stuck my head in. Sarah was like, yeah, you can come in. So, yeah. so it was all good. Yeah, you know, we're laid back about it. But, you know, if if you walk in and, you know, we try to catch you at the door, but, you know, it's a it's a long, skinny building, right. and sometimes we're not standing right at the right. door. So. Right. Right. Well, the good thing is that the little bit of information we know about this business, it's only for two weeks. Yes. So, yeah, right. That's what they're saying right now. Two weeks, that's so. what they're saying right now. Is, right. Is, is they're hoping it'll last two weeks. Again, though, I always go back to look. The real answer to everything is I don't know. We're all gonna, you know, we're all right. figuring this out. Everybody's figuring it out as they go along. Well, you know, one of the things we're saying. Well, outdoor spaces. I'm like, does that mean patios? So if you're at a brewery, you're supposed to have a mask on while you're drinking a beer. No, that doesn't work. No. So 
Yeah, it sounds like what they're saying. And, uh, well, actually, I'm not even going to get into that because right. we don't really know. Because they, they didn't put out the. Yeah, they, they haven't put that. They haven't put out the, the rules mean, yet. I was just curious, yeah. you know, kind of what you were thinking. Not the way I would put it out, but whatever. Yeah, you know, well, the it, Facebook comments were fun though. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's, well, not, well, Nigel, we didn't talk a lot about about your show during this as we wrap up. But when is the when is the next beers with Nigel dropping? Uh, since we're going to court it, to, uh, uh, what's today? Monday. Yeah. This week. We'll probably drop it on the third. On Friday. Might as well. There we go. And it is a show about... Beers and other things. And other things. (laughs) He likes to say other stuff, but... I got got the name of the show wrong. Uh, Once. Once. And he's on the show. (laughs) I tell you. Well, hey, Nigel, Seth, thanks for for dropping by. It was kind of a fun conversation. And Seth, thank you for the shop you've created. It it has become one of my my favorite places, and I love just the community place. I tell people it's kind of like... It's like my cheers only chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm not Norm, am I? No. Okay. I, I'm afraid that's probably me. Oh. <laughs> ben Wine. Yeah, there you go. Ben, we love you. <laughs> that's, that'd be a fun game. We're gonna name. We're gonna put. Who's who? We're gonna give the regulars all the uh, all the cheers. That's right. You need to make a cocktail called Ben Wine. No. All one word. Uh, no. All one word. No, we don't. The Ben. The Ben Wine. No. No. No, you take that back, Nigel. <laughs> no, it's, it's, this is, it's a fun name. This is an this is an ongoing battle between. Well, oh, it is. And I. Oh, yes. Because yes. there is, it's not printed, but if you order it, there's a Nick they'll Parker? know what it is. There is a Parker. Okay. So you can. Okay. I'm going to put this out. This is the first time I put it out on the podcast. So I'm going to order a Parker next time I go. You in go in there. You can order a Parker. They'll. It's not on the menu, but they'll know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And if you enjoy rum, is it you like, will enjoy this drink? Is it like that special coffee at the Hand and Glove? Yeah, the Nigel. <laughs> there's see, so so now Ben Wine really has to be jealous because there's the Nigel at Hand and Glove and there's the Parker at, at Libations. Yeah, well, the thing is, is I Ben wants me to name a drink after him, but I keep telling him over and over, Ben, I do not carry Ten High whiskey and Diet Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke. <laughs> oh, he's that guy. Yeah. He's that guy. What if I ever carry those things? Right, you're you're winning. You got a Ben Wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nigel, Seth, thanks for dropping by. This was a fun conversation. You guys have a happy Independence Day. We'll talk to everybody next week. Later. See. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.